welcome to the final Halloween 2023 episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Boo! Oh, and Jeremy Gregory. Hey, hey guys. <laughs> A much more subdued. He's shaky. Thing. He's shaky. You hear me? Shaky as hell. After your introduction every time. You know, we're going to miss that. Uh, probably... By the time we hit the end of September 2024. But until then, we're not going to miss that at all. Uh, but it's okay. We have one last game to talk about. We're going to be covering a patron-requested game. We're going to be talking about, of course, the Dreamcast Classic, Illbleed, a game that I had not played before. I believe everyone else had. The it. Classic. Oh, my God. Well, this it's, is you. <laughs> listen, it's a patron request, so it has to be a classic. We'll talk about that in a minute. But what mm-hmm. other, other than Illbleed, what other Halloween games have you guys been playing this month? Oh, baby. I've been trying to get in deep. Into the spooky season, and the only way to do that is to get the uh, get the Oculus out, or or I'm sorry, the Meta. Oh yeah, Quest out. I'm going VR. Um, picked up the Exorcist on a sale, uh, and I'm going to tell you that that shit is unnerving as hell. I've been playing through it, and it's one of those where I will do the little thing every now and then where I double check in the room. To make sure it's just me and the cats. And and the cats don't do me any favor because those fuckers brush up, brush up against my damn legs while I'm damn playing. And I'm jumping. Ugh. Got a nervous wreck out of me. Um, but I've been doing that. And uh, other than that, um, I recently got back on the PlayStation. I'm playing through Death's Door. Uh, which is a nice little game. Uh, you play as a a bird who is a Green Reaper type thing, and you're you're going through different stages and areas, and the combat's pretty basic, which I love because the other game I'm playing is Dead Space, the remake. Uh, yeah, I I've got all my irons in. They're all in the fire right now. It's either in the VR stuff. It's either Dead Space Remake or it's Death's Door. And in either case, I'm not doing too great. I'm getting the ass kicked in either way. But having a blast. Spooky gaming, that's what it's about this time of year. You gotta play some games that even if you're not good at them, even if you're not going far in them, they're fucking spooky. And that's the fucking key right now. At least now. By the time you listen to this, it's time to get off of it. Get into your other games, your fucking feel-good shit. But as of listening to this, you ought to be playing something fucking spooky tonight. Well, I will have this posted by Halloween at some point. So by Halloween night, this will be up for people to listen to. I'm sure they'll have nothing better to do. Uh, But if, you know, hey, if you're out trick-or-treating, you want to put your headphones on, ignore your kids, this will be here. Uh, And if you're listening to it, it means you're doing that right now. It's kind of an awkward... Uh, awkward statement. I have been playing, as I mentioned last time, I did finish The Evil Within 2. Uh, I did start playing it last mm. time. I, I was only okay. like, you know, chapter three, I guess the first open worldy area. I, I, I and you, you you started with one? Uh, yeah, I did one two years ago, I think. Two or three years okay. ago. And I'd never played it before. I I bought it and I never really played it because it was on t- sale at Target for like yes, seven dollars. I, I I own both of them, have not played either. <laughs> and I, I liked the first one, but the first one was a lot more... Um, in a tunnel mainly, like it felt like you were just you had to go certain areas. I mean, which is not a bad okay. thing, but it was it was definitely uh, not as open. This has some open world sections. It still has a lot of of you know actual closed levels, but it, it felt like it was a little more exploratory in parts. 
Um, it's still not open world by any means, but it felt a little more open. I enjoyed it. Uh, the story's, again, equally crazy as the first one, um, but but still a solid game, a solid experience. I did recommend. I do recommend it. I don't know if I'd say it's as good as a Resident Evil or a Silent Hill, but it's it's up there. It's better than most. Uh, most other horror games. But the other thing I've been playing is over on our Discord uh, right now, one Billy Holiday is leading our score challenge yes! of the original. You got there. You got there, motherfucking right. <laughs> yes. Damn it. There, there has not been a game. When I saw that game pop up, I put so much time. Like last year, I play a current game and I play a retro game for Halloween, typically. And this was my retro game. And I played so much of the shit that I was getting. I was getting to the last boss on, on you know, no continues and getting there. And the, our podcast has had, and I'll say it, it's tremendous. Um, it, it, I love it. It's just old school, high score challenges. Even in games that you wouldn't think you get a high score challenge out of, uh, the podcast is it's wonderful for having those. And I'm always on the outside looking in. I'm that guy that's like, ooh, look, look at them doing it. Um, I jumped in this time because this was a game I put a lot of fucking time into last year. <laughs> and I didn't want that good waste. Um, I'm currently in the lead. By the time you listen to this, hopefully I have achieved a victory. Or on our Discord, you will see the longest string of a man cursing himself, others, and the general world. Um, it, it's it's going to be ugly. So I'm I'm hoping, and I can say it now because like that is too late now. Like yeah, that high score challenge. I can even be competitive and be like, hey, everybody jump in, knowing people won't hear this until it's too late. Yeah, jump in. Um, but no, it, it, it's wonderful. The high score challenge we've had going on on there. I, I might win one. I might. You might. You um, still have a day for I, other people to beat your top score. You're the only person who's finished Splatterhouse uh, getting you the top score. Uh, we'll see. And it, it, and, and it, was, it was sloppy. It was bad. Hey, so it yeah. worked. You're, you're, what, what's you're, the what's 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 the prize here? Is it respect? Uh, it, no, like, none of that. You just get bragging rights respect. for a week until the next game comes up. Uh, it's fine though. Everyone has a good time. Ooh. I've yet to win one. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I've been playing a lot of Splatterhouse, and then of course I started playing Splatterhouse too because why wouldn't you? Uh, to, to mm -hmm. break up those those sessions of a, a longer game. That's about like, right. Like the one we're going to talk about today. But Jeremy, what other than Illbleed have you spent the last two weeks playing? Uh, I grabbed the uh, I grabbed Alan Wake too. It's uh, it is not. Alan Wake, uh, you know, if you're going in expecting this to be more of an oh. action-y kind of Alan Wake game, uh, it is It is not that. It is, you know, I love the original Alan Wake, and I loved Control. Ended up being one of my favorite games of the whole generation. And yes. Control was almost officially Alan Wake 1.5. And it even had DLC based around Alan Wake and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And that's actually, like, a lot of this story is like Control 2 with a lot of the Alan Wake stuff in it, but it is not all the action from control and Alan Wake is tossed out the window for a very slow paced survival mm. horror, fuck with your brain kind of game. And that's all this is so far. I'm like four chapters is, in um, and it, it, it's, it's really, it's, really good. That's a recommend though. When you say that, 
Yeah, no, I, I love games like that right. because I'm not the biggest horror person. You know, I don't like to be scared unless it's something that's like pushing me through it. So yeah. this has more than enough to really, really push you through and be uh-huh. like, all right, what's going on? What? Why is Hell any of yeah. this happening? So it's 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 good stuff so far. I you know I haven't played all the way through it. I'll talk more about it next episode. But so far, I'm I'm really happy with it. It is exactly mm. what I wanted out of an Alan Wake two game. Well, a game that is nothing like Alan Wake, or Alan Wake 2, although I've not played it, I'm willing to bet, nothing like it, is the game we're going to talk about today, Ill Bleed, for the Sega Dreamcast. As I mentioned at the start of the podcast, this was a patron request. This is requested by Smitty. However, he did not want to do an interview, which is fine, but he also Mm. did not Mm. want to explain why he picked it. So I think this is the ultimate trick-or-treat. It's a game. He now just wants us to say what we thought of it. I don't know if he liked it or hated it or just picked a game at random and thought it'd be fun to cover because it's it's very expensive Mm. uh, to, to play. Now, I have to say, before we even talk about the game itself, I had, of all the games we've covered the entire time in this podcast, I had the hardest time ever to actually play this game to the point where I thought Ooh. there's no chance we're going to pull this off. Like I thought up until a week ago, there was a 0% chance we were actually going to talk about Illbleed with me playing one minute of it. Like I didn't want to be the guy who I'm going to watch a video and then I'm going to talk about the game. Right. I, I have not done that yet on every episode of this podcast. I've played the game no, almost no. all the way to completion if possible. Um, but, but in this case, I just, I, first off, I don't have the game. It's a hard game to find. It's an expensive game to find. And so I asked the, the two local friends I have that have sizable Dreamcast collections, neither one had Illbleed. So I thought, okay, no big deal. I'll find a way to find it online and burn it to a disc, which is not legal, and I don't mm. recommend it. Uh, and so I'm not going to be arrested for it because I actually did not succeed no. at that. I yeah. could not get that done no. because I do not have any way to burn discs. So then I was like, fine, no and, problem. And, and he came to me He came to me for that, and I, was, I failed at that, yes. I mean, it. I asked other people too the same thing, and it was like no one anymore has a disc drive or or could find discs or whatever, and it was fine. I was like, you know what? Yeah. This I will find a way. And then Jeremy pulled through. I believe your brother let me borrow his copy of Illbleed. A Halloween miracle. Yeah, he he actually has it, and I remember the day that he bought it. And we were actually out with my mom and, and her husband. We were um, <laughs> practicing how to drive, you know, as as, t- as teenagers. And uh, I, you know, did my little thing and and drove around a little bit. And then we switched sides and Travis decided to drive right through a rail at the high school parking lot. So (laughs) he felt really bad. And uh, I I guess his reward for that was being able to go to KB Toys or wherever it was and and buy Illbleed for the Dreamcast. Because that was kind of the only thing out and. He likes horror games a lot, and I don't think he knew what the hell he was getting into when he bought it. But still, that's that's where that came from. And so he he graciously allowed me to to send that over to you and for you to experience the magic oh. as well. Well, and, and I got it, and I immediately put it in my Dreamcast, and it wouldn't work. And I was like, son of a bitch. 
I'm oh. not going to be able to play this game. And I just had a copy mailed to me. But then I tried to put on any other game on my Dreamcast that I know worked, like Jet Set Radio. And that didn't work. Jesus. And then I realized my disk drive on my Dreamcast has died. It will turn on. It will act like it's going to work. And as soon as you get to anything that loads, it just locks I, I, up. I, I, I wonder why this system did not prevail overall. Hey, it's still one of my favorite systems of all time. I will not handle Dreamcast Lander. This is just one bad system. But then I figured, no big deal. I'll reach out to, again, my, my friend John, who lives nearby. I, he, he lets me borrow his stuff now and then. I said, John, you got to do me a favor. I explained everything that happened. I was like, I need to borrow your Dreamcast. I have all the cables. I have everything else. I just need the box, you know, the unit itself. And I'll need it for a week, mm -hmm. and then I'll give it back to you, whatever. He said, sure thing, no problem. I'll take it to work. Meet me at work tomorrow, and we'll hand it off. And I, so I was excited. Mm. This was last weekend. So this is, this is less than a week ago, or I guess just over a week ago. And I was like, I'll meet you at your office. No big deal. I, that morning, I had to do like a trunk or treat for, for uh, Cub Scouts. And I got the trunk all set up. I was out driving around, whatever. I go to get yeah. the car started to drive to get the system, and my battery's dead in the car. And I'm like, oh. this is a sign. I'm not allowed to play Ill Bleed. However, I ended up taking my wife's car. I went and got the Ill Bleed. Took it home. The game worked fine. I played a bunch of it, and I finally can say it is a game. And I am very excited that it, I played it, it finally. It, yeah, it's a game. It is a it game. It is. Um, I I will say this. I um, I I guess I'm the only one amongst us to own a copy of Ill Bleed. Um, had it. This was part of the illustrious. I've talked about it a few times at the flea market. The old lady that was pissy and was selling me Sega CD games a dollar each. Uh, and that included Dreamcast games because they had Sega on them. <laughs> then she sold me a dollar each. Um, and I picked up an instant Dreamcast library <laughs> that day. Um, I've had it since then. I will say this. Um, yes. It is a game. <laughs> it's, uh, this might this 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 may have the distinction of being the weirdest damn thing we have reviewed. Not only this Halloween, maybe ever. It, it's it's in the running. It's up there. Um, we, we've done games like Panic. It, it, Panic was weird. Like yeah. there's a lot of odd games we've done. Panic Panic was weird, but this is this is way up there. And I knew it would be. Um, Going into it, just from my my remembrance of the beginning of it, and like getting started, um, because you cannot just <laughs> you can't just run into this. This game's wonderful. You can't just run into the first stage of this without tutorial, um, because you will. You can always tell the people that do because they're the people that say, "Hey, I've been playing this game for three minutes and I fucking died." It's like, yeah. You ran straight through, didn't you? What? It, um, I did. That's exactly how I started the game. Why wouldn't you? Yes, That's how I start yeah. all these games. I <laughs> I dive right in, and then if I have any problems, I'll go back and read the manual that comes with the game. Mm -hmm. uh, and if that still doesn't work, then eventually I'll look it up online to say like, what am I doing wrong, or is this a common problem yeah. of the game? And uh, so so this I the first time I went into it, so it's it is a you know you get to watch this long introduction. Uh, it tells you the story of the game. Basically, you are. Erica Christie, uh, you're some kind of high school girl, mm -hmm. you're making some kind of speech to your class, and then after this speech about how you've, you know, encountered fear and have gotten over your fears, you and your friends meet outside, you have three friends that are like, oh, we have tickets to this thing called 
Uh, it's got a crazy name. I wrote it down because I was like, what? It's, it's some guy's name, Illbleed. It's like mm-hmm. a park. It's like an amusement park. But the amusement park is set up so that you have to kind of go through these these six mysteries and solve them. And if you can solve all the mysteries, and they can actually hurt you, um, you will win uh, something like $100 million. Something crazy for, for an amount of money. So your friends really want to go, but you're like, no, I'm not going to do that, guys. You have fun, whatever. So then it's a couple days, your friends have not come back. So you decide to go to the park, mm-hmm. Illbleed, to find them. And, you know, bam, the game itself starts. You're controlling your character. You're in kind of the open world central area of the game, which is where, you know, there, there's a little hospital to the left. You can see that the the levels are kind of in front of you. They're set up so it's like you walk into movie theaters for each level. And then to the right is a shop and a save spot that looks, you know, the gimmick for saves is any kind of picture booth. You can you take a picture, it saves your place, fine. Uh, and then a bank that I have yet to use. Uh, and then... You know, so so I'm like, well, okay, I've seen everything I need to see. I'm not going to buy any items at the store. You start with a little bit of cash, but I was like, I won't need that. Let me go right into the first level, which the first the first movie that you go into is the home run of death, uh, which you know it starts with like this B movie mm. introduction mm-hmm. of what happened. Basically, this this guy's son was like an amazing baseball player, and then uh, he ran a hotel, and then somehow his son died in a, in a fire in the hotel or whatever. So then he decided to kill all these kids. It, whatever, fine. Story doesn't matter, uh, but you're now going through this like old abandoned hotel to try to figure out what happened and solve the mystery or whatever. But so it it is a behind the character third person view game, like a Tomb Raider or whatever. Um, you're you're slowly walking around, and you can see at the top of the screen instead of a you have a health bar at the bottom of the screen. At the top of the screen, you have like four senses: sight, sound, smell, yeah, yeah. and uh, and six yeah. sense. And as you're walking towards different things in the map, like you'll see some of those uh, like go. It looks like a, a wave, like a a medical wave, like a sine wave or whatever. And it, and it gets crazier the, the more you're near something. And then eventually, like stuff happens. So in the very first level, the very first room of Home Run of Death, you walk forward. There's nowhere else you can go but one door. You get near the door. You see like your sight uh, meter thing is off the charts. And all of a sudden it switches to what reminds me a lot of um, Tecmo's Deception, where like you see like a trap fall down. It, it doesn't hit your character, but it falls down. And all of a sudden your character like jumps back and blood goes everywhere. And you take some damage and your heart rate goes up and all this other stuff happened. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing it, but no big deal. I get hit with this trap. So I guess you have to avoid traps, whatever. So I'm slowly wandering through the level and there's nothing you can do to avoid these traps. I just, I, I, I'm like, I want to go into this next door. I can see I'm supposed to go in this, in this old hotel. And as soon as you walk to the front door, the floor opens up, you fall down, you take more damage. I didn't even get out of the second room. Like I got into the hotel, into the first room and all these traps killed me really quickly. And I'm just staring at the screen for a minute. I was like, well, I clearly misunderstood something. I don't know exactly what I did, what I'm supposed to do. So I went back and read the manual and even the manual didn't necessarily help explain what you're supposed to do. Uh, what I did find out and what the game does tell you in defense of this game, when you first at the very end of the cinematic, the, the guy that works mm-hmm. at the ticket booth outside is like, hey, go to the graveyard to the left which I totally missed because the whole front when you walk into the first room has like these big gravestones. I thought that's what he was talking about. I thought he was just saying like, go to the, go inside. And that's where I was. What he meant was go past the hotel and there's a graveyard. And in that graveyard, there's an in-game tutorial that's still not incredibly helpful, but it does give you the core gameplay of the game, which is you're supposed to, when you first go into all these levels, the first time you go in any of these, these, you know, there are six different movies that you're supposed to go into. uh, Whenever you go into those in the very first area or near the first area, you're supposed to find this mask. It's called the horror monitor. And it looks like, you know, the Ghostbusters goggles, basically. Once you put them on, then if you hit the right trigger you, and you look around while your you know, senses are going off the charts different areas, it'll zoom in on certain things, and sometimes it's those things that can scare you, and sometimes it's items you can find, and sometimes it's nothing. 
And as you do that, that will use your adrenaline. That's also another meter you have to keep, keep track of. And it'll use up some of your adrenaline. And if you find something or if you stop a trap or if you, um, you know, actually take later on, we actually talk about combat, which is wonky. But if you win combat, you'll also raise your adrenaline. But otherwise, if you just sit there and mark everything, you'll also run out of adrenaline real easy, not be able to mark anything else and walk into these traps again. The game is is really, really hard to figure out. I'd say the first day, solid day of me playing this, I didn't get through even the first like half of the first level because I really didn't understand mm. it at all. I don't know if you had the same problem playing this when you were when, when you bought it when it was new or Jeremy when you played it for this podcast. I it, it, this is a mess of a video game. Like I I will go on record to say that I love this game, but you know it's it's mm-hmm. for various other reasons than playing it. So everything you just described, yes, that's exactly how you do it. And you know you mentioned the the tutorial like. Even that doesn't really explain how you're supposed to find the horror monitor or whatever it is. Like it says, like, you know, when your senses are elevated or whatever. And, you know, the, you're just supposed to figure that out. You know, it doesn't straight up just say, oh, when all of your senses uh, are spiking, you know, then just kind of go around and, and press the A button until you eventually find where this thing is. Because it's just in a random spot. There's nothing that really shows on the ground or anything. It's just you go up to a spot, you, you press the button, and something may pop up. You know, it could be an item. It could be something that, you know, that you need for the stage, or it could be these goggles. But usually these are towards the beginning of the stage, obviously. But even with all of that, like, there's just so much, so much extra going on with this game. Like, all the the meters at the top for your, like... Uh, hearing and sight and sound and all that kind of shit and having to pay attention to those. There's two more giant bars at the bottom of the screen mm-hmm. for like bleeding and stamina and mm-hmm. and that that's there's two different number hearts on each side of those that are kind of dependent on how those bars are moving. It's a lot to keep track of for what is actually just the most basic ass fucking video game that you could possibly play. And like, I don't know if they realize that and they're like, oh God, you know, maybe we need to make this a little bit more complicated than what it actually is. This game should have only been two fucking buttons and moving around the stage, like it, and having a, a health bar or a stamina bar or something like that. There's, there's so much to keep track of and, and it, to the point where it's detrimental to the overall game. Like it is not fun to figure out. And even after you figure it out, the game goes out of its way to kind of fuck your fuck your fuck you over for knowing how to play it in each of these levels. Like in the second level, they take the fucking horror monitor away. <laughs> you know, it's it's like a fucking monkey comes up from the screen and takes it away. And it's like, what what is this game? And and that's that's really what you're that that is the overall theme of this game is going through these levels, trying to anyway, and asking what the hell am I even playing? Because it is it is such a an absolute mess of a video game, but there it, it, there's some good stuff in there though. Well, it, well, it there, there, I mean, I don't know if there's good stuff. <laughs> there's interesting stuff. There's stuff that at least pop you. You know, once you get to that little tutorial area, you get to the you get to the first. It's divided up. Um, it's it's we almost have another kind of anthology. Thing in our hands it's divided up in different stories or different uh things that are very generic from horror films 
Uh, I, the first one, which I love, is a father and son who built a secret. I don't know why it had to be a secret. Like That's the thing. It's a secret baseball park <laughs> underneath the hotel they ran because um, the, the son was a big baseball player, and it's a secret. I was like, why did it have to be? Like, you, you didn't have to keep it secret. I mean, nobody would have judged you one way or the other for that. Um. Anyway, some youths set fire to the hotel up top, which apparently got down to the baseball field down bottom. Everybody burned up. The son died. The father horribly mangled. Um, so that's basically like your your first thing you go through. And it, it's really interesting to me at this point that it's like you have themed environments. Um as we go along, we find out the themes aren't that that strong. No, they're, they're kind of in name only. Um, I, I would have personally liked to see them lean in a little harder on the theme thing. Uh, but no, this this baseball one. As you play along, you eventually get down to the boss. Which <laughs> I told these guys, oh my god, I, I think this game is still supposed to be serious. But when this boss pops out, which is the father who is disfigured and has essentially a, a, a lump that's twice the size of his head hanging off the sides of his head, and he just kind of bursts out. I, I'm losing my shit. I am losing my shit. Like, we, we're not in a horror territory <laughs> anymore. We are in Swing and back up, swing and back up. And that's the thing to say about this is that it's um, if you don't have a melee weapon, you you kind of have a slap where you can get a few in and you have a little dodge, which doesn't look like much. But apparently this dodge, um, I wish I could carry this dodge into fucking Dark Souls because it has the most immune uh, sprites to it. Or moments to it, a dodge in any video game. Um, so this this baseball one, I was telling them, it's like I have never laughed harder in anything that I have at this fight because it starts off with yes, half his head looks like he's the fucking leader for Marvel Comics, and you can't hurt him, so you just kind of dodge. You grab a ladder, you get up the ladder, you think he's done, and all of a sudden. Your very simple baseball boss who died in a fire. Let me stress a fire. It's now a gigantic monster out in the water. Not the fire out in the water. That is now trying to swat you down. The, so when you're going through the, the level itself and you first time you run into combat, you mentioned you have to have a weapon. All these levels have it set up. So you find a weapon pretty early. There are some sections in yeah. these games where you'll find a weapon after you have to run away. Um, uh, before we go back to that mm-hmm. boss, because I do really think we need to talk about that boss, but the, the actual combat Ooh. for most for most uh, sections of the game that has combat, it's not really random. It's a triggered combat in most sections. There is, there is mm-hmm. some randomness in 
Uh, for example, the second area, there's a lot of these like sandworm things, and those will show up kind of at random. But generally, it's a triggered event. These zombies of some sort or ghosts or whatever will come in and fight you. Uh, you can either choose to fight them or in mm -hmm. most of them, if you can. And again, unless it's a story part where you have to beat the boss, um, there will be a little, it looks like a little helipad in the middle of the ground. And you go stand on the helipad and you bang away on the B button while you avoid attacks. And eventually like this, you know, it's like a helicopter drops down a, a rope ladder and, uh, you know, makes you grab onto the rope ladder and you can escape. And it says like, you know, narrow escape or whatever. And all of a sudden the combat's gone. It doesn't ever respawn. That combat's over. The only thing you don't get by not defeating them is, again, if you defeat the regular guys in, in combat, it will give you back some of your um, adrenaline so you can look for more hidden items. Now, in some mm -hmm. levels, that doesn't matter. For example, the second level, like we mentioned, you lose your, your goggles at the start. You actually never get them back. And therefore, you know, you're killing these enemies just to kill them so they stay out of your way. But they don't. you don't need adrenaline for anything. It's just there. So... Uh, but but in the first level, you know, the first time I got to a fight, I didn't have uh, you get a bat in the first level uh, because, of course, you're you mm -hmm. know, trying to go to this baseball park thing. And um, and the first fight I got into, I didn't have a weapon. So you're right. You have this little like melee attack. that's not very good. And I didn't understand how to escape. So I just died. I, I just mm -hmm. died pretty easily. Um, the enemies in this game generally outside of bosses and a few specific enemies are not very difficult. A lot of the time you can basically circle around them, do a couple hits. As long as you don't get greedy with, you know, trying to slam on the button, do some extra attacks. You can do one or two hits, then circle around and do one or two hits. Otherwise, they will hit you. Uh, and doing not just stamina damage, which is your health bar, but also, uh, Jerry mentioned you have another bar at the bottom for bleeding. Bleeding is maybe my least favorite mechanic of, of almost any survival horror game. Like, you know, we talked about Eternal Darkness, you have a sanity meter. But that's neat because it makes all these other effects happen. The bleeding meter just sucks because after you get so much bleeding, and I want to say it's like over 20 points of bleeding, which is about 20% of your bar, um, bleeding will just consistently happen. And as you're moving, it will build up again. Like the bleeding bar will build up to 100%. If you ever get to 100% bleeding, you just bleed out and die. The only way to get bleeding to go down is to either use a healing item, which means you either bought them ahead of time or you got lucky enough to find them in the level, or sit totally still. If you sit totally still, your bleeding will slowly go down until it eventually is at zero. And once it's at zero, it won't build up again. So bleeding in itself, if you didn't have an item, there are sections of the game where you can't just sit there. There are sections of the game where things are constantly spawning and coming at you. In the third game, specifically the third map called Wood Puppets, uh, there's a section where you're in a maze where these these guys keep chasing you. And they con it doesn't matter where you go, they will find you. So you can't just sit there and, and try not to bleed out. You have to, you have to constantly... Make sure you have bleeding items or else you're going to die. So the combat itself is not very difficult. So they added all these extra things to make it harder. And it is a lot of, I don't even want to say resource management. It's just monitoring a lot of meters and making sure you buy a lot of items for healing of all these different kinds. Uh, I do think it made it a little, a little more complex than it needs to be. Like bleeding, I honestly thought if it would have just done damage to your stamina and that way you could have just kept using healing potions or what, not healing potions, but in this game, it's cans of Hassie or food items to heal yourself. That would have been fine. But instead, you have to constantly make sure you have the four different types of healing items. One for your blood pressure, one for adrenaline, one for stamina, one for bleed. Like, it was just nonstop that you had to have all these items. Uh, but generally, you could escape most of the combat. So once you realize, you can just run around guys and escape them, except for the story-based ones you have to do. I was like, okay, I can do combat here. They do move to a separate screen for combat that gives you a big area. You can tell clearly where you can move to. It's not very difficult. So you get through this first this first uh, section of home run of death. You get towards, you know, you fight the boss. 
uh, th- this guy in, in like this boiler room area. You save one of your friends because, again, you've gone there to save your friends. So you can find your friend. You get to save them. And now you can actually change them if you want to and play as the other friends through the levels if you choose. Uh, but then you're right. You go up these stairs. You're like, all right, I guess I'm done. And then it switches to this, this section where the same guy you just fought is now giant. It's like Godzilla in the middle of the water just slamming his hands down all over you. I, I I died there the first time because I didn't know where to go. You, you were supposed to run through the water, and you can get to the end. You can get to where it says goal. And I'm like, awesome, this is the end of the game. And you can't do anything there. You just run around this big goal section. There's nothing to do. You can't open the gate. can't get through. I had to look this up. There, that That's kind of the reoccurring theme for me in this game is I would get far enough where I was like, okay, I think I understand this, and then I would just hit a wall where I couldn't figure out what to do, and I had to look up what to do. I had to look up a video or look up a game facts or something to say, like, what am I doing wrong? What am I not supposed to do? The game is not good at all at telling you when to be prepared for something to happen that you can't in any way in-game go back and retroactively look at. So for this section with this final boss at this level, if you look before the fight starts, before when, like when you first come up the stairs out of that boiler room area, it looks like you're in just part of the hotel. If you look at the map there, which the, there's a big, uh, you can either pause the game and look at the map, or you can hit the, uh, the the X button, I believe. It'll show a map. The map shows you there's actually two paths in the water. One goes to the goal section, and one goes off to like the northwest to this little hut. And I was like, oh, well, I should have taken that other path, which I didn't even see. How would you know you have to do that? And once the fight starts and you're actually running away from this giant monster, you can't look at the map. You can't pause it. I mean, you can pause it, but it just comes up with a screen that says pause. You can't go back to inventory and use items. You can't do anything. So there was no way to look at a map and figure out what I was supposed to do. Instead, I'm running around in a circle at the goal area or running back and fighting this giant monster. And eventually, I, he, just, he just killed me. And I was like, well, this sucks. I'm doing something wrong. I'm missing an item. I'm doing something. It just turns out there. this was another case where even if they would have put like a sign or like if she would have said something like, oh, no, I can't open the gate. I must need to go back and find another path. I would have at least tried, but there was nothing. So I just that happens a lot in this game. There's a piece of direction that they don't give you that they assume you're just going to figure out and you don't. And it happens a lot. I, I don't think the developers really cared about the player actually getting through the game. I don't, I, it just seems like they, they put one roadblock up after another. And to me, it really seems like the whole game was just a giant in joke to the, the guys that were making the game. And, and you know, they, they were happy that they made it and everything like that. But as far as like the player going through it, it, it just, there's nothing really there. You just kind of have to figure it out, you know, especially back when this came out, no one bought it. So, I mean, really, I'm guessing there was a strategy guide, but beyond that, man, there's there's a lot of stuff in here where you just, you're kind of just left to, to figure it out and, and, and just go, you know, and there, a lot of time, like you said, you can't pause it, you know, or, or you know, figure what, out what you're doing when you're in combat. So, you know, in situations like that boss, you you don't have any reaction time to figure out, oh, then, you know, there's a path over here I need to take, or I need to do this instead, you know, and... Also, you know, when you were fighting him in the boiler room before, like, you couldn't hurt him. His He had an infinite thing next to his, his fucking health bar. And, you know, it, it's just one of those things where you've got to figure out what you need to do to get past that point because you obviously can't hurt him. And now that you're doing this, you can hurt him, but you're constantly running and dodging his arms. It's it's just a strange way of of, of just even trying to play through the game because there's just always something different. And it seems like... That's what they were trying to do. They were always trying to throw something different in here. Because as much shit as we're going to talk about it, 
every stage for the most part is completely different. Some of them are damn near unplayable, but there is at least something different going on in every single one of these stages. And it's, it's either you you can kind of get through it or it is not, you are just not able to figure out what you're doing. It's, it's one of those two. Well, the other thing I, I, I think is neat. So each of these games, uh, I keep calling games, each of these movies in this game have a really neat B-movie feel. Like, you get to see an introduction to it. They all are different, but they're all fun. Like, the first one we talked about is Home Run of Death. It's basically a slasher movie or a ghost movie um, in this mansion. The second movie you go to is the Revenge of the Queen Worm. Uh, that is a pretty yeah. much standard I mean, straight you, action level. You, uh, you, get, you get some introductions where even though they fuck up their lines, they just keep going, and the people that made the game decide not to cut it out at all. Well, I, I took that as intentional, even though it may not have been. It worked for the, you know, making them seem like they are drive-in movies. They're these B-level quality movies. The stories are nonsense. Like, no one would really do any of the things people in these movies do, but it's fine. It works out. Um, it, the, the Revenge of Queen Worm is neat because, again, you lose your goggles at the beginning. So even though you spent the first whole level learning how to use these goggles mm-hmm. and, and avoid these traps, there are no traps in the second level. It's just nonstop combat and running away from things. Uh but again, that's another one where I got to the end. I couldn't figure out what to do because every time I walked forward into this big drive th- drive-in area that clearly I'm supposed to go into, it's the only place left that's, that's left to go, I would start a fight that the boss has an, an infinite life bar and I could escape with the helipad, but then it would just take me back to the, like, the door. I couldn't go any farther. It took me... Uh, I had to, to literally wander through the level and then figure out when I saw that I could go nowhere else. I've done everything I can do. I found everything I could find in the earlier half of the level. I'm supposed to jump on cars so I don't actually touch the ground. And that will allow me to get at least a little farther into this room to eventually you find other ways to to put down platforms for yourself so you never touch the ground. But it's not even like, again, if the game would have had... Even if my character would have said something like, oh, I guess I can't touch the ground, I would have I would have saved an hour of wandering through this level like an asshole trying to figure out what to do next because clearly I was in the right spot. I wanted to do the right thing, but the game didn't really give me that little bit of, of closure. But still, honestly, the first the first game, once I figured out how to play it, I was like, okay, this is kind of neat. And then because of the curveball of the second game where... Uh, second movie where you don't have the goggles anymore and it's more straightforward. It's like, okay, now I'm 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 now seeing what you're doing here. I see there are six movie theaters, so there's gonna be at least six movies. Um let's see what the next one is. The next movie is called Wood Puppets. I already mentioned this one. Uh again, it's more like the first movie. You're wandering through this old sawmill, you have uh you're using the goggles to find stuff, but then halfway through the twist is that you also get turned into a wooden puppet person with different set of attack moves. And that's where they're you're kind of sent to this maze area where you have an endless supply of lumberjacks yeah. trying to cut you down because you're a woodman. Uh, that's man, the, man. it was frustrating, but again, I, I wasn't mad about it. I had fun, even though I was nah. frustrated with it. No, you're, you're not mad because you get turned into a puppet person with the best fucking melee attack. Yes. Yes. Of the entire have fucking, which is the fucking stanky leg that you bust out. Well, the stanky leg's neat, and you also have that, like, propeller move, where you can, if you use the right yes. trigger, you spin around a bunch of yes. hit. Yes! Like, I, I feel like, it's so weird, because I feel like this is a point in the game where you're supposed to be especially vulnerable, but you'll never feel more fucking in charge of shit than you will cranking out this fucking thousand leg kick on random enemies as you go along. It's incredible. Well, and... and- through Wood Puppets, through through the first three films, I was like, okay, I get what this game wants to do. I'm having it. Like, I'm a big 
a big Deadly Premonition fan. We've talked about it every year. I love that game. I like games that are a little off. You know, I love Shenmue. I love these things because of kind of their awkwardness in some cases. And in some, it's like you can feel what they were attempting to do. Uh, however, I think this game, after the first three movies, definitely loses it a little bit for me. Uh, the, the fourth movie is Killer Department Store, which is a terrible name. Um, I don't care for this level. You're kind of just wandering through different layers of a mall. There's a lot of, like you can tell it's just long hallways where you're supposed to constantly use those goggles on like seven spots. And two of them will be scary and the other five yeah, won't be. And you have to yeah. make sure you carefully use your adrenaline. There's no way to really tell mm -hmm. what the items are going to be. But then... At the end of that section, you have a series of like challenges that this doll, this possessed doll, uh, make you go through. And one of them, which should be the simplest thing in the game, is a, a section where you're supposed to jump rope ten times. She's basically like, "I have a rope with, with with like thorns on it. If you can jump this rope ten times, you'll win my final challenge." I I promise you, this is the closest that I've come since I was thirteen to actually breaking a console. It wasn't even mine. I was so angry with this jumping rope section. I spent, I'm not even exaggerating that I spent two hours trying to jump this rope 10 times because when you screw up, you take damage, you go back to having to start over again. The timing on the jump rope is weird. The angle that it shows it to you is weird. So it's hard to tell when to jump. I've, this was the most frustrating part of this entire game for me and it gets worse from here. But this was the first part where I was like, oh no, I, now they're just seeing what they can make you do. They're seeing what they can make you finish in this game. See, I, I, that one's rough. And, you know, by that point, I was just like, oh, okay, this is what this game's doing, you know, but I didn't realize that it was going to get to the depths of actually just trying to torture the, the person playing in the next level. You know, I, the next level is like the, I believe that's the murder mystery. Yeah. I, and I complained about Killer Department Store. The fifth movie that you're talking about, the name of it is simply Killer Man. You could, yes. that's something a okay. two year old would write. Killer Man. Yeah, and this one features, <clears throat> it's actually a murder mystery, so you're, now you're trying to figure out who killed somebody, but mm -hmm. right smack in the middle, actually the whole, basically the whole fucking level, is this insane maze in a factory. Yeah. It yes. is, and I'm not just, I'm not exaggerating when I say this is just, uh, it, it is in, in just, you can't even fathom what they have come up with. It is the most boring thing that has ever been put into a video game. Just a giant multi-level maze on a, in a big-ass factory. And it can take you... It, it could probably take you hours to get through if you don't go and look and, and figure out where you're supposed to go in a YouTube video. Yeah. And even if you do figure it out, it still takes you like 20 fucking minutes. It's... Mm -hmm. it, this really comes off to me as like something that they were just like, all right, you know what? Let's make them suffer. Let's make them suffer a little bit <laughs> because that's what it really mm. feels like. There's nothing mm. there's nothing here of any challenge to get through. It is just you constantly running through this endless, endless maze with multiple levels that you got to figure out which ones to drop down from and and wh where to go. It's it's inhuman. It's a crime like this. Like this right here made me quit playing it originally. Because I can't stand mazes in video games, and I had no idea where to go. It is just endless. Yeah, it's endless, and they don't give you any direction. Again, this is another case where if there was just a little bit more, a little bit more direction in it, even when that level starts, it's kind of like, oh, go find the key. It's by the exit. You're like, what the hell does that even mean? I came out of an exit, but that's not what you mean, because now there's a guy standing in the way. And eventually, you wander through those pathways, and you find one that actually has a door that says exit, but it's one way. So you got to then wander through this whole damn maze to find this key. It, it, is, it is a one giant maze with a very tough boss at the end. It is not an enjoyable level. 
uh, and it's called Killer Man, which is disappointing. Uh, the last level, last movie at least, uh, is called Toy Hunter. Cork goes to hell, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where you basically uh, dress up and you you turn into uh, oh shit the guy from Toy Story, um, Woody. It looks like you turn into kind of like a, a, a Woody like a character, and it, I don't know. I, I I was just done with. I wanted to see how this game was going at this point, and this is this is where after Killer Man, I was kind of like, you know what, maybe we need something a little lighter, and so turning into uh, Woody seems to be the way to do that. Um, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't think that level, after going through the rest, I don't think it, even though it looked crazy, I don't think mechanically it was as crazy as some of the other levels at all, except that it had that doll, like the the statue. The, <laughs> the It gets a little lewd at this point, uh, which I guess is also foreshadowing. Uh, I, I Up to this point in the game, I thought it felt very much like, uh, you know, like they tried to make a bunch of B-movies, but, but really it was also, uh, it, it had elements of several different horror games mashed together right it had it had kind of the creepiness of something like silent hill in parts but also some fatal frame instead of a camera you have that helmet that helmet it had the, the trap section like deadly premonition had where it was actually that's one of the, my complaints on the game is that mm-hmm. some of the traps and the things you can walk into are amazing to look at like they're not stunning but they're just goofy and funny but you won't see them if you're playing the game the right way you have to play the game the wrong way to see some of the really cool traps. Uh, that's fine, but it, it still is kind of frustrating because once you know what you're doing, it means there could be some really, really cool traps in like level four and five that you'll never see because by this point, you know how to play the game and you don't want to uh, you don't want to lose. In fact, in level four, at one point, I'm attacked by killer smiling bread. It's just a loaf of bread on the, the shelf and like three loaves of bread just start smiling at me and all of a sudden my character takes a bunch of damage, right? It didn't matter. It was just neat that it was there. Um, but again, because I was I made a mistake, not because I was playing it the right way, uh, did I get to see that screen. Um, but so, so if you finish all six movies, you save your friends, you save like some other person that's there, you get to see an ending where basically everyone, you save your friends, you get the money. It's awesome. It's great. Everyone goes, everyone's leaving and you're like, hey, leave. I've got to go back to Illbleed. And then it starts New Game Plus. If you want to see the actual ending of the game, which is bananas, you have to go back through the game in New Game Plus, do everything as just Erica. And after you beat all six movies, you can now go into, there's a, a set of double locked, locked doors at the top by the last movie theater, and you can go in there, and it is, uh, Jeremy Jeremy said, hey, this might be the most illegal game we've ever played to me. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, because I hadn't gotten that far. I can't believe this was in a game, and that they released it in this country. You know, I, I never got to this point, obviously. <laughs> so the stuff that I saw was after the fact, because I, I just wanted to see what, you know, after that maze, I refused to play it. But e- even back then, I was like, I want to see how this ends. And yeah, you can you can just go ahead and beat it like you normally do. But then if you want to do that new game plus and get the real ending, you got to do some pretty sketchy stuff. Um, I mean, Eric, or Erica, is that her name? Yes. Uh, the main character? Mm-hmm. She is 16 years old. And so to actually get the ending to this game, and I'm not fucking caring about any spoilers because you no. can't spoil this game. It's you so have to stupid. see it. You, you, yeah. So you have to take enough damage to where you are basically naked. Your clothes have come off. And I'm not talking about, you know, there's some scraps here and there's some bandages on her, but you basically got some, you know, mud, a little bit of mud covering up the boobs and, and that's about it. And that, so that if you beat the boss with no clothes on, the final, the final scene is like, you're the, the guy who, who set all this stuff up, he gets too excited and he runs out there and he's like, Oh my God, you know, he's getting kind of, kind of a little hot about things. And, uh, it turns out that's your dad. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's your fucking dad. And so 
Yeah, and he reveals that he did it all, you know, to make you so scared and all the whatever the fuck. The reasoning is so stupid. But yeah, you got to fucking get naked to get your dad horny <laughs> to get him out there and mm-hmm. and have him, uh, you know, fucking lust over some 16-year-old ass. It's fucking crazy. Well, and then you get to that point, and again, much like the first boss, all of a sudden he melts down to this pile of goo and becomes a giant head that you fight in traditional horror movie fashion that makes no sense. And uh, and when you beat him, it's basically like, oh, I guess I was scared. And then the game ends. You're like, <laughs> I was like, what? I mean, it's, it is, I've never played anything quite like this. I, I mean, this is one of those games, again, like Deadly Permission or, or, um, you know, I mentioned Shenmue. These games where it's it's kind of like I can, I, I will stand there. You can tell me that you hate this game, and I'll believe you. And and I think there's a valid argument for this not being a very fun, a very good game at all. But I could not stop playing this. I had to see where it was going. I I also did not get to actually earn the correct final ending. Um, but but I, I'm going to. I might even stream this game. It is bizarre. It is a. It is is not super long. It's it. If you know what you're doing, you can get through it the first time in like six hours and the second time will take you slightly longer because you only have one character and you got to make sure you you've, you've do all the right triggers to set off the ending. But th- there is nothing else like this that I can think of. If I just said one game, this is like, it's not, it's a mishmash of like ideas from eight other games. Unsurprisingly, this did not sell very well on the Dreamcast. First off, it's the very end of the Dreamcast. It came out in 2001. Uh, you know, PlayStation 2 was right around the corner. And as someone who was there will tell you, and all three of us were there, but I was specifically selling this stuff. Uh, the moment the PlayStation 2 came out, the Dreamcast was relegated to the back corner of the electronics boutique. It was not mentioned ever again. We put games out, but it was like, no, no, there's that one shelf that's got those games. Otherwise, check out the PS2. And I can't necessarily say that was the wrong choice because the PS2 brought us some incredible games. Uh, but I do still have a soft spot for the old Dreamcast. But because it didn't do well, and because the Dreamcast then went belly up. Um, this The developer for this game was Crazy Games. This is one of two games that Crazy Games made. Crazy Games also, before changing their name to Crazy Games, was named Climax Graphics. Climax Graphics only has one game to their name, which is the early Dreamcast title, Blue Stinger. Uh, another game we have not covered. Maybe we'll cover that again in the future. I remember it being kind of a generic sci-fi-ish, but funky Resident Evil. Uh, and then before that, they were actually part of Climax Entertainment, who had done, you know, The Shining of the Darkness, Shining Force, and Landstalker, some classic Sega games uh, they were developers on before they went off to do this and then fold fold up after that. Uh, and then the, the publisher for this game in the U.S. was Amusement Interface Associates. Uh, I don't know anything about them. They put out five games total, it looks like, almost all of them were Dreamcast. Apparently, it was the previous owner of Jalico. Decided to start his own company after selling Jalico and becoming like a public company and getting a bunch of money. Started his own game company and just published bizarre games like this uh, and fishing games. So, you know, I'm sad that there wasn't a sequel to this. It kind of hints that there would be one. Uh, the very end of the game has that flashback sequence where, it, or not flashback, but the post credit sequence where someone gets a uh, like a ticket for another another park, and you're like, oh, okay, they're going to make more of these. But obviously it didn't happen, which is a real shame. But I I have to say, Smitty, you did a great job. This is a game that I would never have tried again, and I'm very glad I did because I have played nothing like this ever. Yeah, this is, you know, I'm glad we did it because I've always really wanted to to go through it and, and finally finish this thing up because it's it's kind of haunted me. 
Um, you know, I was like, well, surely there's going to be a reason for me to make it through this goddamn maze at some point. And there was, and, uh, but, but I still obviously didn't get to play through new game plus, which I will never do, but I'm happy to say I did make it through the game. And it, like you said, it is a game. It, <laughs> it is everything that you could hope for a video game to be. If you, if you're like me and, and into like weird video game stuff, you know, this, this really feels like almost like a. You know, we've done some weird ass shit. You know, we did like Monster Party and an Incredible Panic. And uh, this almost feels like a mix of those two games. It's just like, you know, there, there's no care in the world for like how it plays or what's happening. It's it's more or less just focused on showing you as much weird shit as what the developers can actually fit into. And um, it, it's, it is sad that it, it didn't get a sequel, but I believe the director um, died not too long after this one. Uh, so they, the the studio kind of folded after after he passed away, and so they were never able to make another one. I can only imagine what they could come up with if they could have just maybe focused on making a more cohesive video game with uh, I don't know, just a, a better idea of what you're doing from moment to moment instead of just being like whatever they were doing, just snorting cocaine constantly and throwing whatever they could think of out there. It's it's a complete mess of a video game, but there's stuff in this video game that you'll never see anywhere else, and for probably good reason. Uh, it it is just an absolute fever dream of a video game. So, if you're willing to put up with it, and you got some money laying around, or you want to try to emulate it, man, this is a pretty fucking crazy game. Like it's worth seeing. I'm not gonna lie, it is worth seeing. So if you also want us to cover your game like Smitty did, and again, thank you very much for this recommendation. Whether or not you liked it, we will never know. But we think we enjoyed it. I can't say we can say we liked it or not, but we enjoyed it. Uh, the best way to do that is to join our Patreon. The link is always in the comments for the podcast, or you can find it along with everything else Retrovania at Retrovania.net, uh, including at the very bottom. Usually, we will answer your questions on the show. But I'm going to be honest, I think Billy might have fallen asleep. But also, it's Halloween. We have stuff to do. You got to go out. You got to carve a pumpkin. You got to go get candy. You got to go dress up in costumes. Go have fun. Happy Halloween. We'll be back next year with a bunch of new games. But before then, we have 11 months of non-Halloween games and more patron requests. And we'll see you then. from Climax Entertainment, which is a company that made uh, Shining in the Darkness and Landstalker and all these other games. So are you honestly asleep or am I just boring? This motherfucker fell asleep. Holy shit. <laughs> I thought he was joking with me. I'm blown away that this happened. I can't believe this shit. <laughs> okay, I'm going to hang up. And then I'll call you right back. <laughs>